Artificial general intelligence basically means AI becomes so smart, it becomes human smart. Thought is, once it gets to that, then humanity's in trouble. So you have the alarmists on one side that are saying, oh, this is going to be a problem. And then you have other people that are saying, "Eh, it's a while to get there. We don't, and we're going to put guardrails on it. It's not going to be a problem. So we'll see. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm excited to be here today with my friend Bobby Ozinski. So Bobby is an OG in the music industry. He's a best-selling author with more than with 24 books, ranging from the Mixing Engineer's Handbook, Social Media Promotion for Musicians, the Music Business Advice Book. He's appeared on CNN, ABC News as a music branding audio expert. He recently produced and mixed an album that appeared at number two on the Billboard Blues chart. Uh, and he's had a podcast for that's in his ninth year with over 400 episodes focused on the music industry. So it's awesome to, to have you here, Bobby. And I'm really excited to connect with you. And what I love about you too, Bobby, is the fact that you, know, you have this breadth of experience and you're still innovating and you're still learning. You're keeping on the cutting edge. And part of what we're about to talk about today is AI and, and music production. And so, yeah, I think it takes the, a mark of someone has a high threshold for sorry like you have a lot of perseverance to stay in the game for so long and in addition to that you also have an open mindset to continue learning and growing and, and along the way thanks for taking the time to be here today thanks for having me michael i have another explanation it's add <laughs> that's like the opposite of what, what i thought you were going to say no i get bored with things quickly so that <laughs> you have to keep on going to new things Oh, I hear you. So that's the part with keeping it fresh and new. Yeah, I guess it's sort of a juxtaposition because it's both you've been here, you've been in the music industry for for a long time now. And luckily enough for us, things evolve quickly enough that it does give give you a thing to to focus on next by next. There's always something uh, changing. That's the cool part. I mean, you have to be really a Luddite to not see that there's a new technology in the music business every four or five years and sometimes even more than that and the music business changes so you have to absolutely so i think that actually leads us really nicely into kind of the core of this episode and yeah you know, and where i would love to hear your perspective on you know someone who has been here and has sort of witnessed these big moments of revolution in the music industry where everything changed and I'm curious, from your perspective, what does this revolution that's happening right now with AI, what does this have in common with some of the other revolutions? And what are maybe some of the differences? Do you think this is a very similar thing that's happening and it's you're basically going to ha- follow the same trajectory as some of these other ones? Or do you think that AI, there's something uniquely different about it that could even lead to more of a breakthrough? But yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on AI versus the other big breakthroughs and what those bro- breakthroughs were. It's, I equate it to when digital first came in. So digital to analog to digital. And the pushback against digital was so severe with, I mean, you had scientists that were saying that it would physically damage you if you listened to digital audio. 
And they had wow. studies that would say that, which obviously have been disproven. Guys, we're, we're, this is not good for all of us. Yeah, yeah. Our ears so are going to fall off. We have the same thing with AI now where there's a pushback. And it's mostly from people that read headlines and don't really read or and actually clickbait headlines a lot of times and then think they know what's going on with it, but really don't. And as a result, they're scared about what might happen. And I say might because it's, you know, there's no guarantee that something will happen. But everybody thinks this AI is going to make them less creative, that it's going to come and take their jobs, their, their musical creativity, their, you know, just their will to work, you know, all those things. And none of that is true. Yeah, awesome. So it sounds like what you're saying is that, one of the big um, fears that's come up in the past, and in particular, the shift from analog to digital, there was a lot of resistance and people saying, this is going to destroy everything and yeah. you know, this is our, not good for our ears. And something similar is happening with AI from a sense that people are afraid that we're going to lose the ability to create new things. What do you think is a more likely scenario for AI? Like, how do you see it evolving for people and as a musician who's maybe here listening to this right now, what do you think are some ways that they can swim along with the tsunami or swim along with the new technologies so they can get the best benefit from it? AI is just another tool, but it manifests in so many different ways for a musician. First of all, it can manifest in composition creation, helping you create a song, giving you new ideas for chord changes, giving you ideas for lyrics. Now, I'm saying giving you ideas, not writing it for you. And that's the mm -hmm. differentiating part there. It can help you when it comes to mixing because there's some really good tools for uh, automated EQ, for reverb. A lot of people have trouble with reverb, just styling that in. Compression, limiting, all those things. Spectral balance. Uh, noise uh, suppression, noise reduction, separating out tracks, all those things that are really fantastic tools. And there are use cases for them all. Now, that being said, for instance, with EQ, it's not going to beat an A-list mixer who will use experience and more than anything in order to dial something in. It's not going to replace that. But if you're unsure, it's certainly better than fooling around for five hours to not still not being sure that you got it right. It does get you in the ballpark fast. I mean, really fast. All that stuff is really good. When it comes to, it's still really lagging way behind when it comes to mixing. There are several platforms out there that will do it for you but they do mostly stems and st stems would be eight ten at the most and then they'll just balance it up but mixing is so much more than that it's more than balance mixing is adding uh, making sure you can hear everything distinctly it's adding ambience and that's the secret sauce for a lot of mixers and adding effects doesn't do that yet it's very good at mastering very good, provided you know how to do it, because to just say, master my song, it'll be okay. If you use a reference track, which is the real key, then you'll get fantastic results. So it's excellent at that. It's pretty good when it comes to music. Let's just talk about marketing and promotion. 
there's some wonderful platforms out there that will do music videos, lyric videos for you. For graphics, obviously, there's lots of platforms that will do graphics. It's not as instant as everybody thinks, but it will certainly get you there pretty fast. And then finally, for marketing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Sorry, real quick for the the lyric video one. I'm personally curious about that one. I, I've been waiting. I haven't checked recently, but I, I figured at some point there's going to be a really good like auto lyric generator music video. Do you have? Do you know if there's like the name of one, or are you referencing one that maybe has come out recently that uses AI that's even better? It's it doesn't use it in the way you think, but uh, Video Bolt is one, and Rotor Video is the other one. Rotor. This is a recent feature, actually, where they added that on, lyric videos. But what it will do is it will, you'll still have to tweak it because it, it will misidentify words. Um, and then it might put it in the wrong place. So you might have to move things here and there. But still, it's faster than doing it the old-fashioned way. So it's okay. And actually generating backgrounds and everything so you don't have to do that. Do it better, maybe doing it better than you could if you don't have those types of chops or artistic bent. Yeah, there, there's lots of really good ones out there. Caliber is yeah. another good one with the K. So cool. Yeah, it's an exciting time to to be alive and to be making music. Yeah, our mutual friend and, and mentor Jeff Walker describes AI in this way that I know that you've referenced it uh, before too. Because it's a great way of putting it is that AI right now at least it can get you to that zero to eighty really quickly in a single click, zero to eighty. But then that last twenty percent, like you're talking about, kind of fine tuning it, just getting it perfect is really beneficial to have a human kind of come in who's a master who can take that and actually make it a hundred out of a hundred instead of 80 out of a hundred. But man, what a cool gift to be able to take that 80%, which for a lot of people is the hardest part and get there really quickly. Yeah. But here's a good way to think about it. Humans are really good at nuances and the better we are, mm -hmm. the more expert we are at whatever we're doing. AI mm -hmm. is not good at nuances. AI gets mm -hmm. you in the ballpark with fundamentals, let's say, but it's not good at nuances. And that's what humans bring to the table. So mm -hmm. you're always going to be able to beat an AI just on that alone. Now, people might say, yeah, but it's going to learn nuances. Yeah, but not creativity, creatively speaking, because a painter will look at at a painting in the process and we'll do one thing one day and we'll come back and do something else the next day and maybe something else the next day. It's different. The, new, the way a human manifests nuances is not something that AI is good at right now. Yeah, that's a great point. And I've heard it described like this a lot, that AI isn't going to replace artists or replace humans in the short term. It's, but humans who are using AI are going to replace people who aren't using AI because it's just such a valuable tool. And I think that's totally true and it's already happening. That's, it's just such an amazing tool. And the thing about it is most people will say, oh, I don't want to have anything to do with AI, but yet they have an iPhone and they unlock it with their face and that's AI. Right. So it's facial recognition. You're using it all the time. If you use a navigation app in your car, mm. it's AI. Mm, yeah. You're using it no matter what. For someone to say, That's I true. don't want to use this, 
it's going to be there whether you want to or not. It just will not be what we call AI. Now we're calling them co-pilots, and there's all sorts of different terminology that, that basically says, well, this is an AI to do that's doing it. It's mm, a really good point. Yeah, I, I never really thought about it that way. But yeah, basically, AI has been around for so long, just in the form of, it dep- depends on how you classify AI, I guess. Like you know, more recently, about a year ago, to date, it was just, the birthday of ChatGPT was either today or yesterday, yeah, yeah. which is insane. Like it's been one year. But the it seems like that was sort of like AI's moment in the sun, whereas mind blown, ChatGPT is such a powerful tool. But to your point, like a lot of the a lot of uh, tools have been using machine learning or what we could call artificial intelligence, not artificial general intelligence, but artificial intelligence. And even like where my mind went to was James Bond, 007, GoldenEye, like that game back in the day, you could play against computer characters and they were pretty dumb. Like they're not good, but technically that was a form of artificial intelligence because it was, it was an artificial intelligence. I never really thought about that that way until you mentioned that. It goes back to the 50s, Michael, but they used to call them expert systems back then. So Mm. now the thing about most AIs up until recently would concentrate on just one area, what they're doing. Think of robotics. Think of you have a robot building a car. This robot does this one thing and this one does that thing. It's an expert system, but it's AI that's figuring, that's doing it, but it's only in this very narrow function. And now what we're having is a multifunction AI that will do lots of different things. So that's general AI, basically. And that's the, the difference. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I love this conversation. I'm so glad that we get to talk about this. Yeah. Going a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole as it relates to AI and what we're touching on, like general artificial intelligence, could you describe for anyone listening to this who maybe isn't familiar with the term of general artificial intelligence, what that means? And well, I'd love to hear your perspective on where we're headed towards that as well. Yeah, let, let's just go back a little bit because there's a lot of terms that people misunderstand and they think they're all the same thing and they're not. First of all, Artificial intelligence is a segment of computer science. And then from, and artificial intelligence can cover a lot of different things. But from there, we get into machine learning. Machine learning is a subset of artificial intelligence. And what machine learning is, it's it's facial recognition. You teach it what you're face looks like, and then it will do something for you. It will open up your phone. We've been doing this a lot, and it what would happen originally is it would take a human to take all of these pictures, let's say, let's go with pictures, and would label them. This is a cat. This is a dog. This is another <laughs> cat. This is a dog. And then it will be able to figure it out and see a picture. Oh, cat, dog. But take that human. There's something kind of like about the fact that, like, to prove we're not a robot, we have to do things that, like, yeah. that eventually we're training the robot on how to, yeah. how to do things. It's pretty ironic. So then we go another step below that, and we go to neural networks, or above that is another way to look at it. And a neural network is part of machine learning, which is part of our artificial intelligence. And a neural network is a different way of putting things together. And it's based on the neural network of our brains. 
at its very basic, there's three levels, three layers to it. There's an input level, there's what they call a hidden layer, and then there's an output layer. Okay, so now what that can do is it can function on multiple different things instead of the, just doing this one robotic thing, just doing facial recognition. Now it can work on multiple problems at the same time. But if we go beyond three layers, input, output, hidden, all of a sudden it becomes deep learning. So now deep learning has a lot of different layers. For instance, I've heard ChatGPT has 95 different layers. And they constantly talk to or talk against each other. And there's all these neurons within the layer. The problem is, and th- this is scary, I must admit. I'm not afraid of AI, but the, there is something here that, that bothers me. No one knows how these layers work beyond the third layer. There are actually research teams at various colleges that are researching various layers within a neural network to try to figure out what's actually happening here. That's scary. Wow. There's also large language models that we keep on hearing with ChatGPT. What that is, it looks at a lot of text data, language, looks at a lot of it. And what's interesting here is it doesn't store it, it just looks at it. And as a result, all these lawsuits that are saying, Oh, you know what? Since you used, you trained on my data, you're infringing on my copyright. But now the courts are saying, not really, because it's as if you went to a museum and you looked at all the paintings. You didn't reproduce any of them. You looked at them and then it went, and you remembered some of it. And then when you try to reproduce it, it's completely different. And that's what's happening with, um, with AI. All of this, it takes in huge amounts of data that it it learns from, but it doesn't store it. That's what people don't quite get. Large language models are things like ChatGPT and Claude from Anthropic, Bing A, Bard, Google Bard, all those things. And they're just learning off big data sets. An interesting thing here is that there's something called ethical AI. And ethical AI basically means okay, my company has paid for this data. So we licensed it. People have made money from it. And you find this for a lot of music AIs where now they're going to say, okay, we want to learn something. We want to learn how you put your music together. So let us pay you for the privilege of ingesting it, to take a look at it, to train on it. So it's <laughs> ethical AI, That's, which is happening. So the, as you can see, there's a lot of different things here that, that are going on. But it's not as if every time a, a question comes up, it's addressed. But it's addressed in a lot of different manners from a lot of different angles. And you have to keep on top of it to understand how it shakes out. Because sometimes it shakes out and you're not aware of what happened. Uh, this can go down the rabbit hole, as you would say. There's a lot of different things here, especially when it comes to copyright. Copyright is uh, is uh, unique, let's say. And the reason why is our copyright laws are old. Last time in the United States, we changed copyright. We updated copyright. It was 1998. This is before the digital revolution. And all of our copyright does not involve anything that's digital. So it really has to be updated. 
In the meantime, wow. you get the copyright board that comes out with rulings. In March last year, they had a real big one that basically said, okay, anything that's 100%. So in other words, I can't go to Aiva or Boomi or anything like that, any of those platforms and say, okay, write me a song and then go and try to copyright it. No, it needs a human. What they didn't say is how much of the human has to be involved. <laughs> so that's the arbitrary part. There's another thing right. that happens where you get something off of an AI platform, and it could be music, it could be a video, it could be an image, it could be... Well, those are the big three, actually. And there are some platforms that say, okay, you know what? We own the copyright, and we're going to grant you a license. If you pay us enough, we're going to grant you the copyright. Hmm. But I had long discussions with some of the the best IP attorneys and intellectual property attorneys in the world on this. And the general consensus is these companies don't have the right to grant a copyright. So sure. what will happen is somewhere down the line, someone's going to come back and say, uh, you know what, we don't think you have the right for that, which is going to blow up their model. So look hmm. for that to happen down the road. There's another wow. and remind me of exactly what we were referring to there. So so there's comp there's providers that are creating and and selling the copyright for what exactly? For AI generated music? If, if you generate something, let's say you you go to like I say, Boomy, Loudly, Aiva, one of those. Say write me a song. Massage it and you make it Better than it's not 100% AI generated because you, you're actually working it. Then what happens is you get some options. The first option is it's for free. So they say, yeah, no problem. You can have this, but really low resolution. You can only get an MP3 and it's only going to be 30 seconds instead of uh, three minutes. So then the next option is let me pay for it. Yeah, sure. For $9.99, you can definitely take this. You can now download it. We're going to give it to you a little bit in high resolution. But you know what? You cannot use it for anything on YouTube or you can't put it on Spotify. And you go, mm -hmm. well, what good is it then? But mm -hmm. So then you pay them a little more and they say, now we're giving you the license to do that. Now mm. you take this and use it as, as you like on Spotify, YouTube, videos, whatever. But we own the copyright. We're just granting you a license. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, uh, I think I want to own the copyright. No problem. Mm -hmm. $99 a month, you can have the copyright. So mm -hmm. then you, you have, have the copyright. But it turns out they may not have the right to grant that copyright or to grant licenses or anything. And we see this mm -hmm. in some videos. For instance, for some video platforms you use that same methodology. And there are others that, that are hip to this and say, no, guess what? Whatever you generate is yours. It's your copyright. You've generated it. You've paid us to do this at a really high resolution, and, and guess what? You own it. No problem. Now, I'm going to mm -hmm. take this another step. This is what no one ever talks about. And this is something that I found out after doing all this research for my book. And I went to a copyright attorney and I said, what's up with this? And he said, yeah, you're right. Let's talk to some other people. And we started to talk with other copyright attorneys. And they're all going, yeah, yeah, you found something. Here's what it is. So when 
you generate some AI music, they'll say to you, the platform will say, yeah, no problem. We'll grant you the copyright or license or whatever. Only for the recording. Don't forget, there's two copyrights. There's the publishing and there's the recording. They never talk about the publishing. Who owns the publishing? Because you own it. They never talk about it. So the way around all this, you say, you know, I don't need an audio file. Just give me the MIDI file. You download the MIDI file, plug it into your DAW. You make it better because you'll get better virtual instruments. You can edit it. You can do whatever you want. And you bypass all that crap. So these are secrets. Wow. Everyone's learning today. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and because we're here live right now, you get the secret awesome sauce from, from Bobby. <laughs> and I know you're going to be going deeper into the into it during your workshop, so I'm looking forward to talking more about that too. Yeah. But it's so interesting. So if I understand you, the, the, I haven't seen companies doing that specifically where it's an AI tool that you can use to generate some new artwork. And then they say, you have to pay us for the royalty to actually use this commercially. But I, what it reminds me of is with ChatGPT, they're very clear that, hey, like anything you generate, like you can use commercially, you can use it for whatever. And oh, by the way, if you do get sued or anything, like here's our stamp of trust where we'll take care of all the legal stuff. That's pretty cool. So maybe could you talk a little bit about that too? Like with some of the companies, they're literally going to defend you if something happens. Yeah. Okay. So what happens there is Almost none of the, the companies that are doing working with large language models, almost all of them. I have actually all of them. I haven't seen one that, that said anything other than you, you own it. No, you're copyright. You generated it. You own it. But the problem is where you have some people, book authors, for instance, there's a lot of, there were a lot of, of uh, lawsuits about this where uh, people were uh, not happy about ChatGPT using their material to train on. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea is you use my material to train on, I didn't get any money from it. But now the rulings are going against them where the judges are saying, okay, if there's an infringement, let me see it. So Sarah Silverman, for instance, was the, the, in the forefront of this with her book. And the judge said, okay, if there's infringement, then ask ChatGPT to print out your book. And it can't. Because it just trained on it. It doesn't mm. do it. That's why they can mm. that's why Chat GPT and, and, and all of those can say eh, we're not worried about this, so we will indemnify you from this. And mm. and that's what's happening there. It's, it's again, this is one of those things where it took a, the better part of a year to suss this out and actually get through the courts where there were court rulings on it. Mm. Yeah, that's great. I actually hadn't heard the latest verdicts in, ter in terms of that they had sort of made a decision that it is okay to be trained up on the data. Because, it, yeah, it's an interesting one. You know, the, the way that we all learn is by essentially getting influenced by other people's music and artwork. And we're all basically influence machines and we have training data in our brains that turn it into something unique and we formulate our own version of everything. But it sounds like the courts have decided that we're going to treat these machine learning or AI algorithms in a similar way, where it's as long as it doesn't directly infringe or just copy or clone something, that it's okay to be influenced or have the DNA from some of these other pieces. Now, that being said, there are guard what they call guardrails 
on most AI platforms now. So if you were to go and say, write me a song like Elton John, it will mm -hmm. most likely say, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Or yeah. anybody that's famous, it, it will, will say, I oh, can't really do that. And that kind of eliminates a lot of that. Unless there's something in the public domain, then it's not a problem. What I always thought was this is actually going to be a, another revenue stream for popular artists anyway. You have to be popular. Where mm -hmm. someone go to Elton John and say, I want to use your catalog for training. And they'd say, sure, 20 million bucks. And you give us a piece and we're good. But that hasn't happened yet it has happened on some smaller scales like i was saying the whole the whole thing with some platforms paying artists especially for that they've done ethical ai so now i don't know how much they pay that's the whole thing i'm not sure if it's a lot probably isn't so interesting I love, as we're having this conversation, Bobby, every once in a while, I'll glance over at the chat and some of the things that I'm seeing just like poking here and there is uh, a said free will might be an illusion. <laughs> so that's the only, the context. I haven't read all the other stuff. I'm like, yes, this is the conversation that's happening right now. Yeah. How about soon, maybe after this last question, we can actually migrate over to some audience um, participation and sure. uh, ask some questions and answer some things from folks who are here live. So if you're here live, then make sure to take the next you know, minute or so to think about what's your number one burning question that you'd love to have answered here by, by Bobby. And then afterwards, you can actually raise your hand. We'll bring you on live to ask your question. But maybe last question for you, Bobby, as if we haven't gotten deep enough down the rabbit hole already. But I, I do think, I think this is one of the defining questions or sort of movements of the next 10 to 20 years. So I would love to hear your perspective on artificial general intelligence and where we're headed the next 10 years or so, or maybe longer, depending, obviously, depending on whether you even believe like it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. I would love to hear your perspective on exactly what artificial general intelligence is, what it means for mankind or humankind, and how that also might impact the music industry. Yeah, I don't think I answered your question from before about this. <clears throat> Artificial general intelligence basically means AI be becomes so smart, it becomes human smart. It's as smart as a human. The thought is, once it gets to that, then humanity's in trouble. So you have the alarmists on one side that are saying, oh, this is going to be a problem. And then you have other people that are saying, eh, it's a while to get there. We don't, And we're going to put guardrails on it and it's not going to be a problem. So we'll see. And, and then, of course, the, you can go a step beyond that where it's going to be smarter than a human, and that could be a problem. But we're not quite there yet. Now, there's something new that may take this down the road faster, and it's called adversarial networks. So now you use two AIs, and they feed off of one another. So... What, one AI, you ask a question, and then it goes to the other AI, and it goes back again and back again, and it becomes really precise, really good. So these are, are like I say, they're called adversarial networks. And this is the next realm, which may get us to general AI at that point. General AI, again, it's it, now it's as smart as a human. And now it's not even close. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, like human intelligence and digital intelligence are like 
have, have been so different for so long. And you know, it seems like one of the reasons that ChatGPT was such a breakthrough was because for the first time, it felt a lot more human because mm -hmm. it did something that felt very human, which was to human-like way. Um, but you know, it really is a different kind of intelligence, right? It's, it can do like machine intelligence and computers in some ways, they're like way superior to, to human, you know, intelligence. And in some ways it's way inferior and it's simple things that we can do, like moving our hands and grabbing things have been really difficult for, you know, machines to do. But yeah, the idea that we have an artificial intelligence that can do th those things that right now are sort of only able to be done by, by humans is interesting. The adversarial networks too. I hadn't heard about that idea, but what that reminds me of is as humans, which it seems like neural pathways as well with the neural nets with AI is just like looking at our brains and being like, huh, like maybe we could you, you do a similar thing with computers, but similar with like adversarial networks, that makes me think of capitalism and human society and, <laughs> and how different viewpoints and how it really does come from this tension of the conversation we're having right now. There's like two different you know, agents here. There's two different perspectives and life stories and genealogies. And now we're both here having this conversation and there's you know, 50 people here in the audience that have their own neural nets and their own you know, networks. So to think that one of the things that might help AI to become even more intelligent is the same thing that it is for us, which is creating these different viewpoints and different agents that can communicate with each other is uh, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, all this stuff, Do you think the, you're yeah, all the stuff we're talking about is in my book, the musician's AI handbook that just came out. So that that's yeah. actually a, a perfect uh, segue. I would love to, I would love to hear a little bit more about the book that you created. That's all about this, where you go like super deep into it. The musician's AI handbook. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So could, could you tell us a little bit about the musician's AI handbook? And also I, I know that you have a, a workshop, some really like valuable resources that you've been gathering and creating for everyone that's listening to this live right now. And anyone that might be listening to the podcast, could you share a little bit more about what that's all about? Yeah, I have a, I do this twice a year where I do a mixing workshop and what it is, people send me mixes all the time or just questions and they all fall into roughly the same categories all the time. Balance, can't get my balance right. My mixes don't translate. My mixes are too bass heavier. There's not enough girth. My mixes don't sound like whatever. It's not distinct. Um, there's all sorts of roughly the same questions that happen. So I try to address this in my workshop. The next one is the Awesome Mix Workshop. It's three days starting on Monday. And what will happen is each day we'll address one of these particular areas. So on Monday, we're talking all about mixing or all about balancing. And balancing, most people don't realize, also has to do with power in a mix. So people always say, my mix isn't powerful, it's wimpy or whatever. Well, a lot of it has to do with balance. And I'll show you why. I'll also tell you some stories about how I got there. Because usually it wasn't that I know all this stuff. It was imparted to me in very painful ways sometimes that tend to be good teaching stories, which I'll also relate. That's Awesome Mix Workshop next week, three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And 
It's free. Less than an hour, 50 minutes, but I'll be around for uh, any kind of Q&A afterwards. So I'm looking forward to it. I always have fun doing these things, and it's I, I enjoy the questions and enjoy presenting and hopefully opening up some minds. And also hearing the, the stories where people later will say, I tried this. It really worked. This was great. So that's what makes me feel good when that happens. First of all, thank you for the work that you've done for literally decades now and bringing this value to our, our community. You're here live right now. We'll definitely make sure to throw the link in the show notes. We can make sure Ari or Jared, if we could grab the link for the workshop and share it in the notes. Uh, in addition, if you're listening to this live on our pod, if you're listening to this on our podcast right now, then you can click on the link in the show notes for easy access to, to the workshop. And yeah, that's the, there's something so valuable about stories and being able to share stories as a vehicle for understanding and, and actually taking insights and wisdom and and remembering them and actually using them in a practical way. So I appreciate that you're able to share those stories in a way that also facilitates these lessons that you're teaching. I think if you don't have those, then a lot of it doesn't really stick. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So yeah. with that, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm up for Q and A if that's what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. That's, That's where, where you're going. Yeah. To, I was going to say yeah. with that, first of all, I just, I just want to give a, a round of applause to, to Bobby. Uh, let's give him a big thank you round of applause in the chat. Um, this is awesome. Really enjoyed this conversation and we could probably be here for the next 10 hours talking about AI yeah. <laughs> if we didn't, if we didn't pull things off and go to the Q and A. So let's get to folks in the chat. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask Bobby and I and come up here on stage, then you can actually raise your hand in the chat or bring you on here live. Otherwise, feel free to put the link in the, or put, put your question in the chat and I'll be happy to answer the questions as they come in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. He's asking the hard questions, Bobby. He, he asked, how do you teach AI to love? There you go. It's human. It's nuanced. <laughs> isn't love nuance? Maybe that's the sure greatest expre expression of nuance that you can come up with. That's a great, that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah it is. Maybe... Define the, how about we all agree on what love means first? Wasn't there a Star Trek AI? Wasn't there a Star Trek <laughs> about this? It, it was like, oh, oh yeah, man. okay, teach the, I, teach a computer to love or ask a computer what love is, and the computer can't figure it out and it explodes. That sounds like a Star Trek episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's right. It's a great, it's a great question. I mean, yeah, that will probably at some point there will be a big. Uh, controversy in the world when we're trying to we're trying to answer that question because it, either the AI is going to be so convincing that it seems like it's that intelligent and like it is giving loving that people can that people argue that they actually are experiencing true love or maybe it breaks this consciousness barrier and we actually define it as a living organism. I think we're there to some degree. There's a couple of AIs that you could try. One is character.ai and character.ai allows you to either construct a character so you can construct a lover if you want, but it also has other characters. So assume it's Elon Musk and ask Elon, have a conversation with Elon Musk or Napoleon or all these different Steve Jobs or whatever. But that's one. And the other one would be replica. And as a matter of fact, people were using that as a as an online lover, and it got to be <laughs> so wow. real that they had to shut some of it off. 
because people wow. were getting attached. There's Let's a lot of lonely like people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. I mean, I've heard some, I know there's a little bit of controversy with therapy as well. ChatGPT, if you try to go too deep, it's like, hey, I'm not going to talk to you about this stuff. Like yeah, you need to get yeah. a therapist. But it also does seem like there's a big opportunity for a tool that is built in a way that is a 24-7 therapist and knows how to ask the right questions and knows how to help you look inside to process stuff. In character AI, yeah. character.ai, there is actually a therapist built in. So you can mm. go to that and ask it questions and it works as if it's a therapist. I haven't tried that wow. one yet, but I might. Yeah, After this call, I, I might. I, I've tried it. I might try it. I was just thinking the same thing. I've, I've definitely heard of it. I think it's really trending for like young folks, like maybe like teens right yeah, now. Yeah. I feel like I heard it was one of the top three maybe for like people on TikTok or something. Yes. Yeah, car- I, but if I understand it, it's what you can basically use it to create like any kind of character, like an AI character and you can train it up to it is what ChatGPT is doing with their GPTs bots now where you can create different GPTs, but probably not quite as ChatGPT seems like they're trying to take a really clear stance that this is AI and it's not a human. Don't get attached to us and don't treat us like a human. We're always going to correct you if you try to talk to us like a human. Whereas I'm assuming character.ai is the opposite where it's like you can just create a character. Um, Like I say, there are a number of characters already built in that you can just use that, but you mm -hmm. can create your own as well. So yeah, there you go. Give it a try. The world of character AI. Yeah. The the world of video games and RPGs, I can imagine it's just never going to be the same once some people really get going with creating an AI character model with a video game. Speaking of which, there's now an AI that they're beginning to use in video games, which is a music AI. And I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but it creates music on the spot. So instead of having mm-hmm. a number of music cues that it just pulls from, it creates original music for each situation. So that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I mean, th- there's something in that idea of, it seems like music has always been, it's always been about expressing your identity. And for the people who listen to your music, you know, it's not as much about you as it is about them and like they're yeah. like them identifying with your music and what it says about them. And it is interesting thinking about what if we all had our own personal soundtrack that was like literally designed just for us based on our exact situation. Yeah. Certainly. I mean, I'm sure some folks here who are listening to this have had this experience where maybe you're just goofing off and you like wrote a song for someone when they were like sitting next to you or you're like, you played, and they were like, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. That blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like, it really was not that good. It was like I was just like goofing out, goofing around. But it, there is something about that personalization where, you know, if we were able to have a song that was literally written knowing exactly who you are and knowing exactly what your challenges are, what your goals are, what your feelings are, that it could really speak directly to you. Huh. A lot of those, a lot of the composition AIs are like that because you can go in and define all that. So you can define moods, you can define, you can go down the rabbit hole of what you're looking for. So to some degree, you can sort of do that. But well, I, I know what you're talking about. You're it, talking about another level of that. 
Yeah. And I guess like to a certain extent, a lot of mainstream songs, like part of the reason that they catch fire is because they're so relatable. Like all of us can see ourselves in this song because we've all experienced love or we've all experienced this like feeling or this idea that they're communicating. And in a lot of cases, really great songwriters will write their songs intentionally to remove some personalization. So like it, so it can relate to everybody, but speak things in a little bit abstract enough to like still be relatable to people. But yeah, I do. I wonder if we'll ever reach a point where we go deeper and deeper into personalization, where we have these niches where people like, this is totally a weird example. That's probably never going to happen. But if there's like a dentist community, if it's like a song that was like for dentists, I'm a dentist, I love teeth, but it was a great song. And like, and every, it had all these inside jokes for all the dentists like can relate to it then there's a fair chance that's a song that's going to be shared within the dentist circles because yeah, it's like yeah, they right. have the shared identity and they're like, oh yeah, like we get it because we're all dentists. And I guess that is an important part of music. Can't, yeah. Uh, do, do you know Tiamo Di Vittori? Oh yeah, love you know Tiamo, Tiamo, of course. Okay, so yeah. one of the things that Tiamo teaches people is how to write custom songs just for those situations. So if there was a dental convention, for instance, then someone would write a custom song for the dentist for the dental convention. So that, there, that is it's exactly, that. Yeah, exactly what yep. you're talking about. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool opportunity. I think it's an interesting exercise for all of us to sort of think about is like how yeah. our soundtrack is really meant to give voice to the shared community traits. And ideally, if you want to create a strong community, then you take something that People feel like it makes them weird or it gives them a sense of identity, but then you create a voice around it. And then everyone that has that thing that makes them unique is able to have that shared identity around it, which again, the examples were like dentists. Oh, we're all dentists. We all get it. We get the inside jokes. We get the lingo. So it's an interesting thing for all of us to think about looking within and be like, what are the weird things that I think about or that I believe or the things that I'm into that not everyone's into? And how can I create something special around that? Cool. Hey, Bobby, thank you again so much for hopping on here and, and answering questions. It's been a lot of fun. It's rare that I get to have uh, conversations that go this deep on this topic. Do you want to try? Do you want to answer maybe one more question from the audience or do we want to wrap up now? Or sure, I want to be respectful. Your let's, time. Do, let's do one more. All right. So we've got time for one more question, folks. So I'm going to scroll up here and see if I can find a good one here. <laughs> I love the conversation that's happening in the chat. This is awesome. A lot of people saying thank you, Bobby. It's my pleasure. Okay. Kay asked a question. She was curious about if you have any experience with AI as it relates to marketing and what's one of the most valuable use cases that you've seen it for musicians um, to help them with marketing their music. Oh yeah. Lots of good ones. For instance, uh, you can ask it to help you do a marketing plan for a release for a music release, maybe to, I, I've seen a, a traffic plan, for instance, plan. Here's all these gigs that we have. Figure out the best way to get there is always a good one. So what would be the best merch? I could, what has, has the highest margins and what do you think that we should use and give me a plan how to put that together? A lot of this is, uh, oh, I'm having a release party, for instance. And I have a budget of $300. How should I spend it? What should I spend it on? And it will tell you. That's another good one. There's a lot of different use cases that really work. Oh, here's a good one. Ask it to write a survey for your fans and followers. And mm-hmm. and it's good at that. I actually did that myself for before I wrote the AI book. 
And I ask it to write, GPT, I ask it to write a series of questions and I describe my audience and it did a really good job. I mean, all this stuff you have to tweak a little bit, but it can definitely get you in the ballpark and do it a lot faster than if you're staring at a blank piece of paper. Yeah. The, so the, I hope the, everyone was paying attention and like taking notes there because I the the list that you just rattled off there, I think could save every musician who's in here literally hundreds, if not thousands of hours yeah. just by taking those things you're already doing and using those prompts specifically. It's so powerful. Oh, I'll give you another one. Social media posts. A lot of times people mm. don't know what to post and just ask it for a bunch of posts. And be specific. I wanted for X. I wanted for uh, Instagram. What should I do for TikTok? Give me 10 ideas for TikTok. Stuff like that. But again, mm. you can't just be superficial. You have to go deeper. And that's some of the stuff that's in my book where I show you how to engineer prompts. But you have to give it some background. You have to tell it who your audience is or who your followers are. And there's another real good one. And it's to um, ask them what, ask ChatGPT or Claude or whatever, what are my, what are the fears that my fans have? Or what, why do my fans like this type of music? Or what type of music do they like besides me? what's besides my music things like that mm. and you'll get some fantastic answers so good awesome hey on behalf of all of us again bobby thank you so much it's been a lot of fun and again i would highly recommend if you are still here right now and if you enjoy this conversation then go ahead and check out bobby's book he literally documented and gathered all these resources and went even deeper and put them in like a practical format so you can get the most value from them and, and have it in written format. So thank you for doing that. And I'll make sure that we get a, a link for the book in the show notes. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then I'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode. <laughs>